got less than five minutes to be back in your seat because you don't want to miss a thing. We have planned one special thing right after the other. This event could not be possible without our title sponsors. Oh my goodness. Gambretti's, Columbia Bank, Deborah Herring Studio, Posh Events, Women's Worth, Shine on Sup Yoga. Now I had to learn Charlotte Rediger, what is that? It's stand-up paddleboarding that we're all going to do this summer together. Wouldn't that be fun? Maybe we could get Val's skirt, and maybe we can get Val to come do it with us. There's an idea. Bob's Red Mill, Willamette Valley Vineyards. These folks have been with me from the beginning. Give them a big round of applause. Extreme Graphics. These are more title sponsors. Without them, this would not happen. Extreme Graphics. Jennifer Astorga with Jade Jeans Photography. Lynx Group. Print Specialties. Now, you all know, and you've been asking for it for years, do you have a bag or something that we can get at registration to put all of our things in? And it's like, oh, that's a great idea. This year, Lisa with Print Specialty said, you're having a bag. Thank you, Lisa. Willamette Valley Living and Teresa Meisner, contemporary artist, give them a big round of applause. Now our table sponsors, wow. You have a table of eight and some are 10 strong. See your name, know how grateful that we are and we are so excited to share this day with you. Thank you, table sponsors. Give them a big round of applause. Now, you may have noticed as you walked into the ballroom, or maybe the breakfast and Bob's Red Mill um, oatmeal swayed you, but there's two big baskets. And those baskets were donated and assembled by Treva Gams, Gambretti's Italian restaurant in Albany and Salem. Each year, the Amazing New Women's Conference selects a nonprofit to donate to, and this year we have two. Capes and Crowns, and Pursuit for Patterson. You can learn more about these amazing children's nonprofits on page 22 of the Unstoppable magazine. All the raffle tickets are $1. $1 for a chance to win a $300 Italian basket or are you ready for this? A $650 basket with a Betsy Johnson designer bag filled with $50 gift certificates at fine restaurants all over the state. Yeah, get your raffle ticket. Thank you. All proceeds go directly to Capes and Crowns and Pursuit for Patterson. Okay, this is really exciting. I've always had a dream to be able to provide scholarships. Richard Pine with Evergreen Charitable Trust said, I want to do that. We were able to provide 10 scholarships for women to be here. And even though Richard Pine is not with us, let's give him a big round of applause that he hears. 
I'm excited about every little thing that goes into this conference, all of the hard work, all of the people, and then something extraordinary happened. In our audience today is the superintendent for the Greater Albany Public School District, Melissa Goff, along with several of, oh, I know, you, you just wait, you, you women have no idea, along with several of her executive staff and seven high school young women to share this day with you. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, stand up. Come on, come on. You show us what you look like over there. Think back to when you were in high school. Would you not have loved an opportunity like this? This is amazing. Okay, nepotism is a great thing, but my granddaughter is here. Janae Trainer, stand up. Give a big wave. A senior at West Albany High School. Okay. These three women. Women's worth. We are honored to have Women's Worth as the sponsor of the Unstoppable Women's Magazine. Women's Worth provides the guidance and tools needed to successfully plan for our future. They are the one stop for our future. Ladies, please welcome to the stage Stephanie, Brenna, and Melissa, who will tell you more about Women's Worth. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for saying that, because it's always awkward when you say it and no one responds. <laughs> My name is Brenna Bauckham, and I am with the H Group. This is Stephanie Palmblad with Collier Law, and this is Melissa Lindley with Willamette Valley Hospice. And our organizations might seem a little disjointed, and um, you're wondering what the connection is, and what it is is women's worth. What that is is a seminar that we've held five times now? Five times. Um, and the whole goal is to empower women with their relationship with their future. So a two-hour seminar where we talk about the financial planning aspect, the estate planning aspect, as well as into life considerations. Um, it's really a wonderful opportunity and we are proud to be here. And Bonnie, thank you and congratulations on year six. This is kind of incredible. Um, so it is in just a couple of weeks on October 22nd. There's a really big advertisement on the back of your magazine for this, so please look at that. There's a two-page spread in the middle of the magazine to tell you more about it and about us. And if your purse isn't big enough to put this in, we've got a small one. Please take a couple, give them to your mom, your sister, your best friend. Join us, we will feed you, we will wine you, or beer, whatever your choice is. Um, and most importantly, we will educate you. So please join us. We're really looking forward to having you. Anything I forgot? So one of the interesting things about this is this is really a labor of love. It is completely free. It is just an educational event. It's not a sales pitch. It is an opportunity for us to start hard conversations because we as women, we are the ones who tend to step up. We are going to be the caregivers for our parents. We are going to be the point people 
on finances, on medical decisions for our parents. We are there for our kids. And statistically, we will outlive our spouses. So we are the ones on whose shoulders all of these things fall. And having conversations about what that looks like and how to prepare ourselves for those steps, that's really where our passion is, is helping people have those conversations. And so that's why we do, that's why we make it free. That's why we have the wine and the appetizers and we have it in a beautiful setting. And so we hope that you'll join us in starting these hard conversations. And one of the reasons that's close to my heart that, that I love doing this is I sat down with a client and her husband had just passed away unexpectedly. She was in her late 60s and he said he had everything taken care of. She didn't know how to drive. She had no license. She had no idea where their bank was. She didn't know how to budget. She didn't even know if she could go buy a cup of coffee as a treat to herself because she had no idea what their finances were. So for her stepping into that role completely blind, she was so ill-prepared. And so that, that story really sparked something in my heart to educate women about these issues. Like Stephanie, I have lots of personal stories having uh, been in the hospice field for over 11 years now, but perhaps most close to my heart was when my brother-in-law passed away a year and a half ago, leaving my sister age 38 with an eight-year-old little boy, and they had done no estate or financial planning. And so in the middle of a really difficult time for my sister, she also had to figure out what to do with the life insurance money and to get a will and a, have set up things in case something should happen to her now that she was a single parent of her child. And so I know we all three just feel really passionate about helping women of all ages and stages of life to know their options so that when those inevitable rough spots happen in life, we're coming into them as prepared as we possibly can be and to make things just a little bit easier. I think we are going to be out at breaks. We have a purple table. I saw one other purple table out there. We also wore these easy to spot scarves. So please grab us, um, have a conversation. If you have any questions about it, we'd love to talk with you. And we're really, really proud to be here and sponsor this amazing event. Thank you for having us, Bonnie. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. Oh. Thank you, Melissa. What was the date of that again? October what? 22nd. Okay, I will be there. I will meet you there. This is an amazing, amazing event that they're putting together just for us to educate us. <sighs> wow. The mission with this conference is to redefine power. All of the women featured here today in this event have effectuated change in big ways, and they've come to share the mindset and the tools that took them to do it. My desire is that you all walk away from this day feeling renewed and encouraged and inspired by the connections that you make and the new perspectives that you gain to redefine what success looks like for you in your life. All right, we're going to meet your neighbor. Or if you have a small table, meet the people at your table and the next. Teresa Meisner is a contemporary artist. Everyone today, look at your table. You received what she calls a love tile. It is a positive word that has been hand-lettered by Teresa. 
I want you to use the word on your tile in your quick introduction to the women at your table. Last night before um, our kickoff party, Teresa said, this is for you, this is your tile. And she hand-lettered, amazing. So I'm going to say my name is Bonnie Maletto, and this will be an amazing day. Go with your introductions. Okay, ladies, let's come back together. We will have lots more time to connect. Oh, wow, you guys, you are so compliant. This is so unlike you. <laughs> I love it. Anna Marie Smith, owner-designer of Asa Marie, is today, right now, flying to the East Coast and could not be here, but she wanted to be part of the tribe. She created a hand-painted designer card for each one of you. You'll also find that at your place setting. She also put a special coupon code on the back um, just for amazing you. That's Anna Marie. Now, a fun game of connection you can play is our Amazing You Bingo. If you want to play bingo, you can find the bingo sheet in your bag that you received at registration. Once you've completed the game, sign your name and place in the bingo box at the raffle table. We're going to draw a really nice prize at the end of the day for one lucky winner. All right, ladies. You've been waiting for this woman to return. And now, back by popular, oh, extremely popular demand to help you develop your personal X factor for greater career success, she is the queen in the world of technology. She is our queen. Ladies, please welcome to the stage Lakeisha Gunther. When she walks in the room, there's a palpable crackle of new energy. It's like the lights become brighter. All the noise and the clutter has vaporized. There's this magnetism that immediately draws us towards her. And when she speaks, you can hear a pin drop because we're hanging on every word. It's like we've known her and she's known us for years, even if we never met before. There's a sense that we all just became the most important person in the world to her. Suddenly, there's nothing besides right here and right now. Any idea who I'm talking about? Is it Oprah? Is it Michelle? Is it Ellen? Is it Malala? Is it Greta Thunberg? No, this irresistible force, this leader that we can't help but follow, she's you. She's you, she's her, she's me. She's anyone that has honed their talent, their craft, their skills. It's the person who spent the time developing their executive presence, their X factor. And today I'm gonna to talk to you ladies about how all of us can develop our X factor and show up as leaders that people cannot wait to follow. Good morning. My name is Lakeisha Gunter, 
And I'm thrilled to be with you again this morning, and I can't but help but say an amazing thank you to our friend, my friend, your friend, Bonnie Mileto, for giving me an opportunity to come back and share with you guys. It's an absolute honor to be here. I tell you, this room is just, it's, even though it's a little bit dark, you guys are so beautiful. One day soon, I hope that when I walk into the doors of companies like Intel, the room is filled with women just like this, right? And we're the majority. I'm looking forward towards that day. And the things that we talk about, I think, will really help us kind of take our game to the next level. So today, I'm going to go really fast. I will tell you, I'm from Florida. I talk fast. But in, in good Intel fashion, I have a lot of content and not enough time. Um, and I have quite a few videos that I want to share with you today. But we're really just going to spend some time talking about what does EP really look like and why you should really care about it, right? I'm going to give you some examples of what it looks like in Intel, what it looks like in industry. And then we're going to talk about how can you really, really define this? What does it really mean when your manager says you need to develop more executive presence? What does that look like? We'll cover a few myths, and then we'll talk about some things that I think you can actually go do and put into practice to develop your um, executive presence and go from there, okay? Now, I am an engineer, but I'm also an educator. I taught seventh grade math for two years, so classroom participation is a must, okay? All right. So the first opportunity is a quick poll. Just by a show of hands, how many of you guys think executive presence is hard to define? It's about half and half. All right, well, we got some people to work with, right? And so those of you who, who understand it, let's help our partners on the side, right? So we're going to spend some time talking about that. But let's see what it looks like in the world. Here are some examples of people that industry you might be familiar with, right? The Oprah effect, Sheryl Sandberg. I mean, in corporate America, I mean, she's been the epitome of what it looks like to be successful for so many years. Um, you know, we got uh, the notorious RBG, right? Who does not love RBG, right? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. When I grew up, I want to be like her. Meg Whitman, Tim Cook. Uh, the, the list goes on and on. Uh, Bill Gates. We've seen these faces in, in industry, uh, in uh, entertainment industry, you name it. And we, there are things about them that is just magnetic, right? Each, each of them have their own executive presence. They have their own X factor. They're all role models in their own right. Now, what about these phenomenal women, right? They have just a confidence and a charisma. They have that X. They have that it. You can't even put your finger on it. You just know it when you see it. And you want to know, how can I just get a little bit of that, right? Just can I take some of it home? Well, let me ask you, just again, the classroom participation in a sense, what do you think it is about these two women? Maybe just take 30 seconds with the person sitting beside you and really dialogue about what you think makes them a great models of executive presence. 30 seconds, I'm timing you. Okay. So let's talk about, for me, I have an opportunity, I've been fortunate enough to work uh, for an amazing company for almost 11 years. I can't believe I've been in Oregon that long. I'm enjoying the sunshine every day. I think that's what keeps me here. Because um, <laughs> I'm from Florida, but for whatever reason, I, I love Oregon now. Um, but I have an opportunity to um, see executive presence every single day at Intel, right? And you may not know these faces, but these phenomenal men and women that I'm sharing with you on, this, on the screen are people that, when they walk in the room, all eyes turn towards them. They command a presence that's unmistakable. They project confidence. People instinctively want to follow them. They trust them. They speak with authority. They have that magnetism, that it factor, that aura. It's a charisma that, that really draws people to them and leaves you really wanting more. 
And I've been fortunate enough to um, have personal relationships with most of these leaders, actually all the leaders on the slide that you see there. Um, and, and it's been a blessing for me because they've served as role models to help me figure out what my own brand, what my own flavor executive presence looks like and what it needs to be. But I encourage you and within your own walls of your, your company to find those people that have that, whatever that X factor is or whatever it is that you desire to have and really just spend time studying them, spend time with them. Spend time cultivating those relationships because that is what's going to help you figure out what, how you want to show up in your own uh, work environment. So, you know, who is your exec presence role model? Think about that. Who is, it that per who is that person that absolutely moves you in a way that says, hey, I would like to operate. I'd like to flow. So that's what I, I want you to do. You don't have to talk to the person beside you, but maybe take another 30 seconds to jot down who that person is that you see as your role model. And your action when you leave today is to actually set up some one-on-one some -on -one time with them to talk about executive presence. So maybe jot down maybe a few names of people that you want to engage with on executive presence, and then we'll move on. I'll give you 15 seconds. Okay, just checking my time, okay? In good intel fashion. Well, let's talk about executive presence. We absolutely believe it's the keys to advancements, and, and, why, and here's why you should care. You know, as an engineer, I love data, I love studies, and the Center for Talent Innovation over the last few years has continues to do studies with executives and really professionals across the industry to really ask them, what do you see as a, a gate for growth and leadership development? What are the things that you think really help a person really have that perception of leadership material? What does that really look like? And they said that executive presence is an essential component of getting ahead. It is the key to advancement is what they said. And so I don't know if you're like me, but I'm always asking my manager, what does success look like? What are the success measures, those success vectors? And how do I get there? And so for Intel, executive presence is one of those factors. And so I always wanna know what is it that I need to do to be successful? And so we're gonna talk about how to break that down. And we're gonna talk about whether or not you believe or you know, the powers that we actually believe is worth investing in. So let's look at that. The data says that 89% believe that EP helps a leader get ahead. 100% believe that EP is a differentiator. And 78% believe it will hold you back. Are those numbers convincing enough to, to motivate us to maybe take a look further, invest a little bit more time in executive presence? I would say so. Because if 100% believes it's a differentiator, I need to pay attention. One of the things that I always say to folks coming into Intel or into any work environment, you have to identify what your competitive differentiator is. Because we all bring tremendous value to the table. Getting in the door is table stakes. Now how do you differentiate yourself? And if EP is a differentiator, I want to figure that out. So let's talk about a little bit more. What are some of the challenges that women face in corporate America, right? I think we've been very fortunate over the last few years to really try to change the dynamics of Intel, the culture of Intel, um, and the fabric of Intel, and bring in more women. And so over the last few years, I think we're probably at about 74% um, male, 26% female. And we're excited about that because we want to continue to have that number click up. But in that male-dominated environment, there are challenges that we face every day. And how do you navigate that and still go home and feel good about yourself that you were able to be your authentic self? And so what I want to do is maybe just share through some videos in the next few slides what some of the challenges look like. And the example that I want to share with you today, um, you may or may not be familiar with her, um, but Jacinda Ardern. She's the youngest ever prime minister of New Zealand. 
She's my Shiro. And so I want to give you an opportunity to take a look at her. But as I share these videos, they're videos that I think illustrate executive presence. So keep your eye out on what aspects we're highlighting um, and what makes them a great role model for presence. And you're going to, because I'm going to ask you questions later. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's, look up, let's take a look at Jacinda. She stood up to the male-dominated political culture in Australia. She defied what was norm. She had a baby in office while announcing that her husband will be a stay-at-home father, okay? Sweeping gun control measures, my kind of girl. And she's a great communicator and is a model of grace under fire. Let's take a quick peek. Holding a weeping mother. When New Zealand's Prime Minister visited a mosque last Sunday, these images of compassion shot across the globe. In the aftermath of the country's deadliest mass shooting in its history, Jacinda Ardern's leadership style has caught the world's attention and garnered much praise, be it for immediately calling the attack by a white supremacist an act of terrorism, be it in the path-breaking gesture of not calling the murderer by name and giving him the media attention he's thought to crave, and above all, a vow to swiftly change New Zealand's gun laws, decisive steps to enact political change that have been combined with outward expressions of empathy. Arden's all-inclusive language has also been lauded as exemplary, like when she told Donald Trump that the best way he could help her nation was through showing sympathy and love for Muslim communities, or like here before Parliament, when she addressed an increasingly multicultural New Zealand in English, Maori, and Arabic. We are one. They are us. Tato, tato. Assalamu alaikum. We ramit Allah. We barakatu. This isn't the first time the 38-year-old's leadership style has made headlines. There's even a term for it, Jacinda Mania, a charisma that helped her get elected in 2017, a celebrity status that jumped up a notch last year. After being one of just a few world leaders to give birth while in office, the 38-year-old brought her three-month-old baby to the UN General Assembly. But Jacinda Ardern's star power has, in the past, been met by criticism at home, with New Zealand undergoing a housing crisis and economic woes. Current praise aside, she now has to push through gun law reforms and continue to govern a coalition government with a party that's known for its opposition to mass immigration. All I can say is, wow. So let's take an opportunity and really talk at our table is what we think makes Jacinda a great role model for executive presence in a male-dominated environment, especially in the political landscape. I can't even imagine um, the polarization that happens to her every single day. So maybe take about a minute at your tables and jot down what you think really makes her a great role model for executive presence. Okay, does anyone wanna maybe uh, call out a word that came to mind? I'm gonna call tables. Table 13, any word for you? Compassion, love it. All right, table 12? Focus. Table six? V values? Absolutely. Table four, Intel ladies. Fearless, absolutely, absolutely. One word that I think encapsulates all of that is a super bad woman, right? All right, absolutely. So let's keep going. All right, so I mean, we know as women that we walk a tightrope when it comes to how we're perceived, right? That's just 
I don't even want to go there, right? Okay. And the bands of acceptability for women have been extremely narrow for years, right? Dot the I's, cross the T's, how am I showing up? I mean, we're told all the time that we're too much in some sense, too emotional, you're too sensitive, you're too quiet, you're too, too loud, you're just too much, right? It's always these messages. You're never just right. I disagree with that. Right? While all this too muchness is going on at the same time, you know, that feeling, not feeling enough sounds, you know, it just it really feels uncomfortable. It's, it's actually, there's a, there's a term, it's called the Goldilocks syndrome, right? And so it's, it's something that uh, they coined in corporate America a few years back, right? It's something that women have to face from time to time in their work environments. But I want to call this out because it's something that we need to be very, very um, conscious of when we walk into those work environments, that this is a lens that sometimes we can be perceived as. And so the data from the survey that you see here has a lot of twos. I'm not even going to go through it. But I just want to make sure that we're aware that men can show up in an environment in one way, and we can show up in an environment in the same way, and it be perceived very differently. And so you kind of have to be mindful of that um, in those conversations, OK? And appearance. You know, if it wasn't enough to say that we were too sensitive, too loud, too whatever, now it's, you know, the entire package. As soon as you walk in the door before you open your mouth, they're, they're looking at what you have on. They're basically breaking it down, decomposing your entire look. And so your appearance, everything that you wear that day, how you show up, they look at the entire package, and unfortunately, many times they, they place judgment. And so all eyes are always on us women. So as we walk into that door, we want to make sure that we show up in the way that we're comfortable with because it speaks, it speaks before you even open your mouth, right? And so a couple of things that the, the data from the survey said, again, about 268 executives were, were surveyed, and they basically said grooming is important, physical attractiveness is important. 35% says it contributes to a woman's EP, and 38% said it contributes to a man's EP. And again, the physical attractiveness for women, 16%, and a man, 14%. So just, I'm giving you these, just these data points to keep them in mind so that when you walk in the door, you can kind of already know what they're thinking. So at the end of the day, appearance does matter. Let's look at Angela Merkel, right? So she is the German chancellor. And as you can see, over the years, she's had some transitions. She's had some changes. Um, how might have these changes really improved her EP? Just take a quick look at the progression. There's a young woman maturing into her career and then becoming the chancellor. We won't talk about it, but I, I would really surmise to say that her transitions improved her EP. It absolutely improved how she was perceived, right? Because appearance does matter. And we know that it improved her EP because not soon after in office, she was the per Times Person of the Year. And you can see her holding the stage, holding attention of all those men. I love this photo because they're listening to her and she's in charge. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's what I like about this, right? She's in charge and they're listening to her. She's holding court with the most powerful men in the world and they are hanging on her every single word because she's developed that executive presence. And we're gonna break that down here soon. But let's talk about some of the myths. There's four. The first one is that you're either born with executive presence or you are not. Okay, for me, it's a relief to know that you don't have to be born with it. I'm a learner, that's one of my strengths. I love knowledge, I love gaining information. So I can learn how to show up and actually meet the expectations of the leadership team. The other one, myth number two, 
says, once you arrive, you're done. Not true. What a leader accomplishes in the workplace gives, does not give that leader a free pass. You have to continue to educate. You have to continue to learn how to be an effective leader. Leaders may have substantial access um, to uh, the best of the best of training, but unless they're demonstrating growth in their leadership capability, they will not be successful. The other myth is that leaders have all the answers. No, 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 please. I don't wanna be the person that they come to for every piece of data. That is not the case. But they, they don't have to have all the answers, but they have to be in a position to enable those around them to find them and to partner with their teams to be able to do that. And that it's a one size fits all. It's not, it's absolutely not. Because your EP must be rooted in your authentic self. It has to be true to you. I can't be Bonnie. Oh my gosh, she's absolutely fabulous. I'd have to work for years to be that fabulous, okay? So no, everyone has their own unique, authentic self. That is how you begin to develop your EP. It's about knowing who you are and then aligning it with how you want others to perceive you. That is how you develop. Show up in a way every day that you want people to walk away and say, that is Lakeisha. That is Bonnie. That's what you want to be able to do. Now, quick question. Are you pleased with how you're showing up today in your work environment? Are you pleased with the image that you're portraying for your executive presence? The answer is yes. You, don't, you can write that down. The answer is no. You don't have to raise your hand. But think about it, right? We're going to talk about your role models that we've, we're going to look at maybe as, you, as we move forward. Think about the role models that you wrote down. Think about what you defined it as. Think about if you're pleased or not. And as we move through the presentation, you'll be able to get some ideas of how to do it. So the moral of the story is you can develop it. So let's talk about how you do that. We want to help you develop your X factor for executive presence. There are six C's that will help you do that. They're called six traits that professionals see as key factors that indicate a strong executive presence. So I'm going to break each one of those down and we'll move forward with a few illustrations at the same time. The first one is courage. Courage is the power to let go of the things that are familiar with you, that are familiar to you. It is acting in the face of fear. It is the willingness to take risk and take a position that can be seen with considerable odds. You wanna stretch your capabilities. You wanna go beyond your comfort zone. I think our first speaker talked about that. And if Oprah says it, it's got to be true, okay? Think like a queen. A queen is not afraid to fail. Failure is another stepping stone to greatness. Each of us are designed, are destined for greatness. But we have to push through the things that scare us the most. Now, this is a picture of Sandra Rivera. She's our executive vice president, our chief people officer. She's a friend, mentor, and sponsor. Um, for me at Intel, and I love her perspective. She's actually an engineer at her core. She's ran business units for years, but our CEO just asked her to become our chief people officer. So she went from hardcore engineering to being the chief human resource chief people officer. Now, you know people say engineers have no people skills, right? <laughs> so that is a huge transition to some degree, right? Right, so she's like, okay, you want me to go do what? Okay. But she said to me, Lakeisha, I've completely reframed failure in my mind, and I say to myself, I either, I never lose, I either win or I learn. 
And so when she was asked to take on this role, she saw it, she saw it as a new opportunity to grow, that she was going to learn something in the process, and she was going to gain new knowledge, and she was going to help lead this company to the next level of greatness. And so she says, there was no fear. I just had to do it afraid. And I love Churchill's reaction around fear, his statement around fear. It's a reaction. But courage is the real decision. So let's see what that looks like. Malala. When my world suddenly changed, my priorities changed too. I had two options. One was to remain silent and wait to be killed. And the second was to speak up and then be killed. I chose the second one. I decided to speak up. I tell my story, not because it is unique, but because it is not. Though I appear as one girl, it's five foot, two inches tall, if you include my high heels. <laughs> I am not a lone voice. I am many. I am Malala, but I'm also Shazia. I'm Kainat. I'm Kainat Somro. I'm Mozun. I am Amina. I am those 66 million girls who are deprived of education. In year 2015, representatives from all around the world will meet. It is not time to tell the world leaders to realize how important education is. They already know it. Their own children are in good schools. Now it is time to call them to take action for the rest of the world's children. I think we'd all agree. She's a phenomenal symbol of courage, right? If I just had one ounce, I'd be all right, okay? Let's talk about confidence. That's the second C that's part of your X factor. It's both in what you say and how you say it. Ensure your facial expressions matches your message, that your voice has the pitch, the tone, everything that you want. And of course, you need to look the part. So let's take a look at one of my favorite new friends, Zaza. Our next guest is 40 Pounds of Cuteness. I saw her on Instagram this summer and I had to meet her. Oh yeah. I wasn't sure she'd know me, but uh, apparently she does. Take a look. What if I told you that you get to come on The Ellen Show? Ah! Yeah! And you're gonna meet Twitch and Twitch is gonna interview you. Please welcome from Lexington, Kentucky, four-year-old Zaza. You know what? It's a, it's <laughs> 
Wow. Hi. Hi. How are you? Really good. You're really good? Wow. So, I mean, are you, are you happy to be here? You are? I'm like excited. I love... I love your dance moves. Oh, thank you. I love your dance moves, too. I'm happy that you're here to do that with us. Now, you took your first plane ride to get here, right? Uh-huh. Like, my mommy and daddy was asleep, everybody was asleep, and I was watching a movie, eating a snack, and just drinking stuff. Oh, and just drinking stuff. What, what movie were you watching? I was watching Penguins. Oh, yeah, it was watching. That, that just came out. Oh, that just came out? It's the exclusive. That's great. Now, you, look, you're a dancer just like me. Now, how long have you been dancing? I've been, like, dancing in, a, like, a couple weeks. Couple weeks. <laughs> couple weeks. Yeah. You're just naturally talented. You just got it. So what, do you have a favorite dance move? Mm-hmm. Okay, what is it? The whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Wait, show it to me one more time. Show it to me one more time. You just have to pull this back. Uh-huh. And then... <laughs> okay. Whoa. <laughs> I love it. I love that. How would you describe your personality? My personality, I just, I'm bad and bougie and cute. You said you what now? I said I am bad and bougie and I'm acting like I'm cute and I'm so... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Wow. Wow. And and then and then what about sassy? I heard you like to call yourself sassy too. My sassy face is like period. Wow. That is now you're so talented. Like what else do you do? You like to rap? Uh huh. I like to sing songs. You like to sing songs? Do you also rap? You do. And, and who's your favorite rapper? Me. <laughs> Yeah. I, well, what makes a good rapper? A good rapper is like you, like you, you sing, you rap, you keep working and working to get your food right and just eat and eat till you get bigger and bigger. Nice. <laughs> See, that's yeah. So it's like it's rap training is actually life training as well. You it, you got it. All right. So it was a little long, but I knew. Did you not want to meet Zaza? Exactly. So let's just take a few seconds because I believe all of us want to be Zaza. We want to channel our inner Zaza, right? At least I know I do. So why don't we take a few minutes, actually a minute, and talk about what makes Zaza a great role model for executive presence because I believe she is. But, you know, I could be biased. I don't know. Take a minute. So hopefully, um, so hopefully Zaza will be one of the highlights of today, okay? <laughs> so, anybody want to share from their table what they, they came up with in terms of what makes her a great role model and maybe something you want to adopt yourself? Any table? Speaks her mind, all right. Anybody else? Attitude, I think back here. Fearless, yep. She's talkative. Confident, yes, she is, absolutely. Jennifer had a great one over here. I was just saying that I'm always teaching my children to, to be confident, kind, and humble. Because mm -hmm. I think that if you have those yes, three yes. things, you're not asking for compliments. You don't need anything from anyone. You're very willing to be 
giving something, and I think that you, you see that with her. I absolutely agree. Confident, kind, and humble. Thank you. That's the trifecta right there. Absolutely. That will take you anywhere in life, I absolutely believe. Okay, great. Anybody else want to share before we move on? Nobody? Nobody? Nope. Oh, right here, table 15. Hang on, I'm She's coming your to way. you. My hunch is that she has been supported and that nobody's ever told her she's not all that. You're right. You're right. I agree with that. And even when they do tell you that, because they will, you need your squad. You need your girlfriends that you can call and say, can you believe what they told me today? Girl, don't worry about that. You all that in a bag of chips. Okay? <laughs> we got to have that. All right? <laughs> Make sure you have that girl group because... What I, to your point, kind, confident, and humble. When we were kids, nobody could tell us anything. But then the world starts to chip away, but we have to stay in that bubble as much as we can and have that group of women that can support you. But we have to go back to that childlike innocence, that childlike faith, that childlike belief that we, we are more than enough. So that's why I put her in there because I, I watch Zaza. I, listen, I'm an Instagram follower now, okay? I got to have my dose of Zaza in the morning to get my day going so I can walk in and tell like, that's right, I'm a super bad sister today, okay? <laughs> All right, and the next C is competence. I love these women. 2019 Fortune Most Powerful Women in Business. Marilyn Houston is the CEO, President and Chairman of Lockheed Martin. Mary Barra, Chairman and CEO of General Motors. I'm calling their names because I'm just like, thank you so Abigail Johnson, Chairman and CEO of Fidelity Investments. And all right, Fidelity. <laughs> and Jimmy, Jenny Rometty, Chairman, President, and CEO of IBM. These women are the epitome of beauty, grace, competence, you name it. They have it all. They become masters of their craft, delivering quality work and excellence for years. What am I saying? Build your expertise as well, and they will come. No doubt, these ladies know their business cold. If you ask them a question, they can probably go six levels deep on the technology. They've honed their experience over the years, and they're now leading ladies in the Fortune 500 companies. They're boss ladies. So what am I saying? Ladies, it's time for us to boss up, okay? All right, competence. Let's do it. And I want to talk about the next C, which is character. Character is huge. In the context of leadership, character is your inner core. It's those personal traits and values that define you. It's who you are and where, where you stand on your values, your temperament, the beliefs about yourself, others, and life in general. It is foundational. It is truly foundational for every person. You need to have something firm to stand on and really in any environment, it becomes your North Star. It's how you operate. You're unmovable from that foundation. But the thing about character is really, it's hard to put your finger on to some degree. It's the least observable, right? But it's the most, one of the most important things that you can have from an X-Factor perspective. Courage falls into that. Optimism. Your integrity is huge. Discretion and really being able to prioritize things for your organization. It's super, super important. You want to clarify your personal values within your organization, and you want to behave in a way that aligns to those values. 
in an effort to lead your organization. So we'll talk a little bit more about character, but I just wanted to lay that foundation. Again, the data says that gravitas, which is really, again, character and all that falls into that, how you act, it's about signaling that you have the credibility, the confidence to get your point across. It's how you're showing up, how you create buy-in when things get tough. It's also looked at as being something around grace under fire. And when those executives surveyed, they said that grace under fire was the number one pick of those senior executives to identify what constitutes executive presence. Because you know you're going to be in those tough situations. We saw Jacinda a few clicks back, right, and put into some very tough situations. But how you respond, how you react to those situations, people are watching. <clears throat> Acting decisively. I don't know, maybe it's just us, but sometimes we have too many meetings and we don't walk away with the decision. I'm sure that's no on none of your companies. It's probably just us ladies, right? I didn't tell. But it's so important to act decisively. 70% say it's super important for women and 70% for, for men. Integrity, to me that should be 100, that should be off the charts. You cannot operate in an environment without integrity. Unfortunately, many times people do. So, <clears throat> another one of my sheroes, I love these young people, right? I mean, just super inspirational. So let's take a look at um, Greta. I'm sure you guys have been watching her over the last year or so. Super passionate young activist, Swedish-born, uh, really passionate about climate control and what we need to do to save our planet. I really believe we need to start to access our childlike thinking, which is what I said with Zaza, right? Really, um, because from when we were kids, we were never jaded. We had positive and, uh, aspirations, we had hopes, we had dreams, and we were willing to tell everybody about it and put some action to it. So for me, she's demonstrating character, she's demonstrating courage. Um, she's a role model for me. You know, I was looking her up recently, and there was a meme that had her picture on it. It says, something is wrong with our leaders when they act like children while our children are acting like leaders. My name is Greta Thunberg. I'm 16 years old, I come from Sweden, and I want you to panic. I don't want your hope. I want you to feel the fear I feel every day. And then I want you to act. I want you to act as if the house was on fire, because it is. Deforestation of our great forests, toxic air pollution, Loss of insects and wildlife, these are all disastrous trends being accelerated by a way of life that we, here in our financially fortunate part of the world, see as our right to simply carry on. fighting for the future and yet here we are we will rise to the challenge we will hold those who are the most responsible for this crisis accountable and we will make the world leaders act Sorry. my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? 
What I'm telling you to do now is to act. Because no one is too small to make a difference. See you on the streets. Powerful, powerful. So you, yeah, let's give her a hand. Truly inspirational. So take another minute at your tables and talk about what makes her a great role model for executive presence. All right, ladies. We'll come back together. <clears throat> Any volunteers? I think I want to start with table 12. They were clapping, so I know they got some good stuff back at table 12. <clears throat> Anybody want to share from table 12? Passionate? Yep. Courageous? Mm -hmm. Conviction. Deep conviction to her soul. I love it. Anybody else? Focus. Unrelenting. Smart. Super smart. Absolutely. Absolutely. Making it very real to each and every one of us. So the true impact of the decisions that we're making every day. Awesome. So let's move on to the next C, communications. So again, according to the survey, 28% of those executives say that, hi, how am I doing? Okay, that uh, communication telegraphs at your leadership material. So when you enter into a room, what's your posture? You know, are your shoulders, you know, back? Are you slouched? You know, how are you communicating? Is your pace hurried? Um, is it swift? These subtle adjustments are things that we need to make when we're talking to people because it allows them to see us um, as a true executive leader in terms of how we're coming across. And, and the communication and how you show up really it tells people what's about to happen next, right? They can get excited about what's getting ready to come out your mouth. So <clears throat> the data is, is as it says here, for great speaking skills, those surveyed say 60% said it's important for women. 63% um, said for men, it, that's the level in which it's important that they develop that commanding a room Again, 49% for women and 54 for men. Reading an audience, knowing when they're about to fall asleep, knowing when they're bored, knowing how to engage, knowing how to pull them in, having to switch things up, um, figuring out how do I connect to my audience. I'm going to show you some examples of some people who are just absolutely amazing um, in that regard. But again, hone your communication. The best thing that you can do uh, is invest and, and being able to, to come across in the way that you desire. If that's getting a coach, a communications coach, if that's Toastmasters, um, you know, whatever it needs to be uh, to, to make yourself comfortable on the stage. And the other thing that you may, you may never get comfortable. I'm never comfortable. I just have to do it, right? And so part of it is just kind of do it afraid. And as you continue to practice and practice and practice, you'll get a little bit better. I'm by no way, shape, or form or fashion where I want to be in terms of communication, even one-on-one -on -one communications, but I know it's important to do. And so I would just say practice, practice, practice. And make sure you avoid things like this. Um, Constant device checking, I'll be honest, I'm pretty guilty of that, okay? Um, so I'm always monitoring how many times I'm looking at my phone or, you know, we're just so text-driven, email-driven. When the, the indicator flashes, you immediately go there. So be mindful of that. Rambling and being redundant. Failure to establish eye contact, that's usually a deal-breaker for me in any conversation, right? Right, if you can't look at me, that's a problem, right? Or let me help you figure out how to get your confidence to a level where you want people to see you the way you should see yourself, okay? Um, 
breathlessness and visible trimming. These are things that you want to avoid. The other one is crying. I saved that for last. Um, emotion is good when it's used in the right environment, in the right situations. I'm not saying don't cry. Um, many times when I'm talking to people, it could be in a one-on-one. -on -one. If something, um, you know, pulls at my heartstrings, I'm going to, you're going to see it's here. But I might say, hey, you know what? I apologize, but this is something that really touches me deeply. And so I don't want to say don't cry, but just manage the, the situation, okay? And choose your words wisely. <clears throat> I was just last night talking to a friend of mine, and I said, well, I'm just, <clears throat> excuse me. She's like, Lakeisha, I can't believe you said that. You're just. I know Bonnie, right? I mean, she immediately slapped my hand like, I can't believe you said that. I'm like, you're so right. So don't use the word just, because just minimizes you or minimizing the things that you're getting ready to say. And drop actually. <clears throat> and don't ask permission. Can I take a minute to say something? Just say it, because we're, we're boss ladies, right? You walk in, just say it, right? And then, you know, don't say what I'm saying may be wrong. No, you're, women, we're always right, okay? Just own that, <laughs> okay? <laughs> just walk into it, right? You know, you, yeah, I, I'm right, I'm right. Um, and don't substitute a sentence for a question. So these are some things that the research shows. So I want to give you an example of someone who I think is an excellent communicator. And I should have said up front, I, I, from a political perspective, I'm not advocating one way or the other. These are just great speakers, right? So politics aside, but I love Kamala and her speaking style. And so let's talk a little bit, let's take a look at what she's doing here. I look for the, 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 the confidence in her speaking style, the body language, how she's carrying herself. Let's take a quick peek. I am running for president of the United States. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> Um, the crisis we're facing is a crisis of leadership. That's the crisis. And the president is holding it up because of his vanity project, which is this wall at taxpayers' expense and at the expense of hundreds of thousands of workers. We need folks who, um, who speak the truth, and I found the truth lacking in the State of the Union tonight. Hmm. The idea that we would be removing these babies from their parents, and it's not necessary. Ari, that's the thing that is so outrageous and maybe even compelling about this. It's not necessary. The law does not require it, and certainly ethics and, and, and morals don't require it. Why are they doing it? You know why they're doing it? Because it is exactly what they told us they would do. You know you are not on trial. <laughs> you are not on trial. You are sitting here before members of the United States Senate's Judiciary Committee because you had the courage to come forward and so I want to thank you. I want to thank you for your courage, and I want to tell you I believe you. I believe you. You have an impeccable memory. You've been speaking for almost eight hours, I think more, with this committee about all sorts of things you remember. Yeah. How can you not remember whether or not you had a conversation about Robert Mueller or his investigation with anyone at that law firm? Senator, I believe that CIA it's did extraordinary yes. work to prevent another attack on this country given the legal tools that we were authorized Please to use. Please answer yes or no. Do you believe in hindsight that those techniques were immoral? 
Senator, what I believe sitting here today is that I support the higher moral standard we have decided to hold ourselves to. Can you please to. answer the question? Senator, I, I think I've answered the question. No, you've not. And when I look at this moment in time, I know that the American people deserve to have somebody who is going to fight for them, who is going to see them, who will hear them, who will care about them, who will be concerned about their experience and put them in front of self-interest. All right. So there's a lot packed in there, right? So take a minute at your tables and, and really talk about why you see Kamala as a great role model of executive presence, or what makes her a great role model of executive presence. So take about a minute. All right, so any other ideas come to mind for Kamala? Anybody? Table 21, thoughts? The teacher's coming out of me. <laughs> Anybody at table 21? Assertive, 28? I didn't hear you. Persistent, 20? Absolutely. She's masterful, masterful. She really is. I've had an opportunity. She's actually my sorority sister, and I've been fortunate enough to be in some rooms with her and just hear her talk. Um, Star Jones is also my sorority sister, and so they inter Star interviewed her, and it was just amazing just to hear her background and her story, right? Regardless of political affiliation, you know, how she, the woman's amazing. Right? We could, you could put her in corporate America and she'd be just as amazing. You can put her in education, she'd be just as amazing, I would say. Okay? Uh, anybody else want to share? Table seven? Confident in what she believes in. Hey, gorgeous, how are you? All right, yep. Uh, is that? I can't see the number, but go right ahead. Love that. She said she's an active listener. That's a huge part of executive presence. You need to be in, dialed in, engaged, and focused on what they're saying. Thanks for saying that, because that's a good segue into where I'm going next, okay? The next C is connection. Connecting with people, leaning in, listening, being dialed in, is what generates that charisma. Strong listening skills, an ability to stay in the moment and be present. That is the key to making that connection. You want to make sure people see that you're focused on them, you're not distracted, you're paying attention to them, and they feel like they're the most important person in the room and that they matter to you. That's what you want to do to build that connection. Now, I will say this. Again, I've got a, some political things, so extend me grace. But the people are amazing. And there's none better than our former president, Bill Clinton, and making the connection with people. He, there's studies been, had, that have been done on him on his communication skills, his charisma, his ability to connect. None better. He is masterful, as I said. So let's watch this video. And it's just him in an everyday situation that we may find ourselves. But I tell you, those people walked away feeling like they were the only person in the room. Spencer was a Marine. I always say every American, every American should have a right to shake hands with one president. You're up to four and you're doing good. Thank you for your service. In the Cuban crisis, he was on the ship during the Cuban crisis. Good for you. Bless you, sir. Warm hands. Thank you. 
Hi. Great. I love your New York. We just can't play here. We all know for What'd she do? Was she on TV this morning? She called me and didn't even tell me. Bless you. Thank you. I hope you support her too. Hello, ma'am. How are you? Thank you. We're glad to see you. Okay, folks. I am the resident yeller, so I. And I could have shown tons of videos where he's talking to thousands of people, but I really just found that. And I just said, he has a way of staying in the moment with every person. He looked at the woman's shirt. He commented on her shirt, right? And people said, well, he's a president. He's supposed to do that. No, not everybody does that. He absolutely took the time with every person that he talked to. I, I, I read somewhere when he walks in the room, you know, he makes eye contact with every person along the walkway. You feel like he's just there for you. There's something in the power of connection. And this is what someone said. He looks, like, looks at you like you're the most important person. And he's talked to that day. Even though you know you're not, <clears throat> you still feel like you are. Okay? So <clears throat> just take a moment yourself and talk about <clears throat> maybe how I'm going to change the question. When you look at those six C's of executive presence and how you develop your X factor, which one do you want to spend more time on? So just write one of those down. Okay, so you got your C, right? <clears throat> so really quickly, let's talk about the six ways to build that EP. We talked about looking the part. We talked about your communication, mind what and how you speak. <clears throat> we talked about confidence and your abilities and knowledge, the competence talked about developing strong interpersonal skills, that emotional intelligence in terms of how you engage people, how you communicate, how you show up, how you treat people. And the last thing that I want to talk about, it's important to get feedback. And I know sometimes as women, we don't want to get the feedback, but feedback is a gift. And so as you're, if your manager is saying EP is important in your leadership development or your career, it's a differentiator, you got to ask the question. And so I'm not going to go through this prompt, but I just want you to make sure that you jot down that one of your actions out of this is you need to go spend the time with your leadership team, maybe uh, speak to a peer, one of your girlfriends, and say, okay, you know what, how am I showing up? Are there some things that I might need to work on? So ask that question. The data says that 81% of women find feedback about executive presence contradictory and confusing, and they don't know how to act on it. So if that's the case, you got to ask the questions. Take the next level, click down. Then you say, well, you're lacking EP. What does that mean? What does that look like? Let's put a plan in place, okay? Because if you're holding me accountable to it, I need to know how to, action, how to make those things actionable. So what's the summary today? After all the things that you've seen, all the things you've heard, all the conversations you've had, all the videos you've watched, um, EP can be a very powerful differentiator. As women, remember, we walk a tightrope. Perception is re people's reality, and we have to make sure that we, we are shaping their perception. There's six C's that will help you develop your X factor. Courage, confidence, competence, character, communication, and connection. And to develop, we need that feedback. And of course, if you walk away with nothing else today, you must channel your inner Zaza, okay? <laughs> That's a must. She was amazing. <clears throat> Create your plan. How do you want others to describe your EP? How do you want others to describe your EP? 
Think about what you're already doing well. What changes you need to make. The feedback will help you there. What behaviors, what images, any beliefs. And the most important thing is you gotta have an accountability partner. If you're not account, if you don't have a partner, it's not gonna get done. Oh, actually, the really the most, most important thing is how will you reward yourself? Is it a new purse? A new pair of shoes? Is it dinner? Is it a trip? What are those things? Make sure you put something tangible around this so that you can actually do it and, and feel good about doing it and reward yourself in the end. As I said before, I'm a learner, I love to read. And so here's some of the resources that I've used to really aid me in building my executive presence. All of them are really, really good. Leadership is about making others better as a result of your presence, your executive presence, and making sure that that, that impact lasts in your absence. We have the ability to truly impact the folks that we interface with on a day-to-day -day basis. How we show up can really propel them to success. How we enable them can really help them towards success. So I really wanna make sure we focus on developing our executive presence. And I think I probably have one minute left. So if there are any questions, it'd be my pleasure to answer a question. If not, oh, I think we got a question over here at table 32. Hey, we're coming. Leticia, thank you. We appreciate you. We always look forward to you oh, speaking. Oh, thank you so, so much, gorgeous. Thank you so much. Yep, so we'll grab our question and Oh, absolutely. Yep, I'll work with Bonnie and I will uh, share some things with you guys. Anybody else have a question? Comment? You oh, guys. come on, ladies. We always have questions. Oh, table four. Hi, um, so my question kind of came about when you said um, regarding feedback. Um, and an instance came to my mind where my manager, who is a male, um, in my evaluation told me that I needed to uh, make people feel better when mm -hmm. I criticize them. Um, and, <laughs> and to me, like, that I don't criticize people in a negative way, and I don't mm -hmm. criticize people at all. Uh, and even when I asked for further example, it said, can you provide me an example of where I might have misstepped? Um, and he wasn't able to give me one. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm kind of, my question is really about how do you handle um, potentially criticism that is uh, really not constructive or is from that male lens? Mm -hmm. um, and how do you kind of, I don't know, navigate that? Yeah, no, it's interesting because, you know, you could give feedback to a person and you can feel like you took their feelings into consideration because you really weren't talking about them. You were talking about the action that they did. And so I would just ask your teammates, if he's saying, they're saying that your feedback makes them feel a certain way, I just ask them the questions, right? And I think part of it too, it's important to build relationships with your team members outside of work as well, so that when you do share feedback, they know it's coming from a place of love. And so with your boss, I would say, hey, listen, I took your feedback to heart. You know, maybe we can sit down and talk through what that really means. I'm actually, you may say, you know what, because I heard you and I wasn't sure, and it's important to me that I show up in a way that is um, encouraging to team members, I've, I bought a book called Crucial Conversations, and I'm reading that book. And actually, I'd love to come into our team meeting one day and do a, a trained in 10 or trained in 20 on crucial conversations and how we as a team could actually show up and empower each other to be more successful. So I would actually take the leadership role in that perspective and say, you know what, I'm gonna educate all y'all. I'm joking. Um, you know, 
on how it should be done. We'll do it my way, I'm joking a bit, so that you can, can try to control the outcome um, by being in a position of strength and saying, hey, listen, I heard you. Here's what I think we should do as a team. Why don't we talk about what um, constructive feedback looks like for all of us? That's what I would do. So he takes the light off of you, and he takes the leadership role of actually, you know, she's right. Maybe we all are making mistakes here. So that's what I would do. Okay? Anything else? Okay. Thank you, ladies. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I love how they are so quick to walk off the stage. <laughs> Is she not the queen? Oh. I'm standing right next to one. <laughs> and we started our relationship by meeting in a bathroom yeah. years ago. Years ago, and look how far we've come, girl. Oh, my girl. God. You're amazing. I love you. I love you Thank more. you for being here. God bless you. Yay. Take care. Okay. Thank you. All right. Lakeisha Gunther, everyone. <laughs> yep. And I had the audacity to say, you can't go out looking like that. You need lipstick. And from there, girlfriend heaven. So we have our best conversations in the bathroom, don't we, women? Returning as our sponsor for the keynote speakers is Leanne Cowles with Columbia Bank. Leanne, get up here because you have brought something special for us. Three extra special gifts throughout the day that someone will win. Leanne, thank you for your commitment to women's professional and personal development. You've been with us from the beginning. How could we not be with you from the beginning, right? I, know. I mean, <laughs> who's not going to be with Bonnie and help with something like this? So thank you. Now, who was here last year? Yeah. And this one tries to upstage me in my new pants. And I... So I come and I was so excited because I shopped at this place called Banana Republic and I had those gray pants with that the little she rocked. belt and they just look so cute and then Leanne shows up in them and I'm going, no, I wore them the night before. This is my time to talk. <laughs> and then she wore them the night before, but I couldn't believe it. I said, this is how they're supposed to look. She goes, what are you talking about? I'm wearing those tomorrow, and I look like a little Dutch girl. And yeah, but do you know what? Us women that aren't quite as tall, we rallied together after that. And thank you for your support. Leanne, I well, love you. Oh, we give somebody a basket. Okay, you want to give someone a basket? What's yes. in that basket? Well, and uh, Amanda in my office, who's my right arm, made these beautiful baskets for you ladies. So we have a few throughout the day. A couple bottles of wine from Willamette Valley Vineyards okay. and some other goodies in there. One's a coffee one. This one is wine. This one? who doesn't like wine? Oh, wow. I, okay. I'm not sure. Okay, and the winner is? Emily Romeling? Emily Romeline. You can't see out there. Is Emily here? Emily, it says come. She's at table nine. Emily, come and get your basket, or oh, someone come yay. and get the basket. Now, Emily, I love Emily. Emily works in the governor's office. Do you think they'll like this at the next office party? Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
Everybody's name is in it who's here today. I yeah. love it. Leanne will be back two more times, but please, a big round of applause for Columbia Bank, Leanne Kimes. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, we are going to take a break, and guess what? You get 30 minutes. When you hear the music get loud, get right back in here. We're not waiting. We're going on, and you don't want to miss a minute. Let's take a break, ladies.